Hi guys, it's Yvonne Cobb, better known to you guys as Y Cobb Speaker. And I'm coming to you guys with another episode of the Live Podcast. Live Podcast is a podcast that was introduced to offer unpackment of truths against lies, trying to understand what's available out here for us in our lifestyles, in our business, in our everyday finance. Um, I want to have you guys look at certain things that we pose as lies or things that we've been told that we don't get a fair understanding about. And let's unpack the layers so that we can find our own truths. Today, we're going to talk about a couple of things during this COVID-19 strand uh, concerning the loans, the independent unemployment, the economic impact um, uh, loan that they have out here, the PPP, uh, the protection um, payroll uh, uh, protection loan that was out here. So what I really want to do is just talk about them individually one by one and then kind of give you some insight as to things that I, we were told, and then some of the truths that we found out after the fact, all right? So being a financial person myself, I'm always scoping and looking and trying to do my education uh, so that I, I could talk to others about what exists, what doesn't exist, how to move forward, how to save, how to you know get past certain things. So talking about the COVID-19 is something that unfortunately is just not gone away, but it's left a lot of people crippled in regards to their finances, not being able to work, working from home, being short at time, not being able to, uh, you know, keep things afloat. So going through these loan processes and, and economic uh, stimuluses that have come out, I wanted to also speak about what we've gotten and what we haven't gotten from our government or from our uh, outside spaces. Most of us are entrepreneurs into, in, at a fault. Some of us are day-to-day -day workers who go to work every day and expect uh, our companies to do what uh, we go to work and inspire for them to do. But that's not always the case. There's always some underlying issue underneath. So speaking of underlying issues, let's get to these loan programs. So the first thing they rolled out after um, the COVID-19 uh, went to an automatic shutdown of most states, they brought um, a plague of different opportunities to keep funding uh, happening for individuals. One in perspective was the opportunity for the um, economic impact loan, which means self-employment, independent business owners, small business owners that had to shut their doors or do something different uh, were offered an economic boost up to the, uh, the sums amount of $10,000. Um, you could be self-employed, you could be a contractor, you could be a small business owner. All you needed to know, all you needed to have was certain structural things in line. Even as a self-employment person, you just had to be able to produce certain documentation to prove that you were um, in this particular circumstance. And because of the shutdown, it uh, disallowed you to continue to make profit. So 
when they rolled it out, this was something that was brought to us by uh, the SBA, the Small Business Alliance Association. Um, it was everything that was uh, produced to us where uh, we would be able to uh, get a loan, um, a very special loan that could possibly turn into a grant um, because it being under $10,000. Uh, but we would have to be able to um, itemize how we spent this money and how it registered to our businesses. Now, after the rollout, they had so many trillion dollars that was going to this economic impact. And a percentage of that, uh, I think $305 million of it was supposed to go to the economic turn. Um, what happened was, Three weeks into um, those applications, we were told that they decided to make changes, which meant they had an overwhelming amount of applications, so they needed to find other parameters to utilize uh, on giving this money out. It became a space where they uh, were more interested in making sure that they subsidized income for payroll or employee statuses on your small business. So in, in theory, if you were a small business independent contractor, they would only look at your business as having one employee, which is yourself. And then they would denote that they would give you a loan or this grant per employee or per uh, owner interest on your business. Or so, so you would qualify for a thousand dollars. If you had a partnership with husband and wife, you would qualify for two thousand dollars. If you did have some other contractors or partners that were affected by not receiving funding from work, then you would qualify for those guys up to ten thousand. So, needless to say, that was not what was rolled out. When they meet, when they initially rolled this opportunity out to small business independents as well as entrepreneurs. So, with that being said, a lot of people did applications. Some did get some uh, leeway, but others had to provide tons of information uh, compared to their structures. And if you're going to offer this opportunity to independents, a lot of them barely have a DBA and an EIN to separate the business from their personal space. So with saying that, it really just left a lot of people out in the cold when it came to the economic impact loan. Um, this happened to, I've only known in my financial space, a handful of people who actually got any conclusion from that loan some had to follow up independently there uh there are plays that there are a lot of um independent self-employment people had they make up probably about 65 percent of the working class so yes there are an, an abundant amount of uh, applications that these groups are going through yet you had to follow up yourself as an independent to get any movement on your application. You know what they say, the squeaky wheel gets the turn. And even at bay, you're opening yourself up to 
some loan opportunity to have a payback space. And if you can't provide the uh, required documentation to prove how the money was spent out, it would continue to be a loan with interest bearing. So um, did it really help us? Was $1,000 no different than your stimulus packages that they gave out, $1,200 um, up to $2,700, depending on how many kids you had under 17 and how many um, people you had as taxpayers or dependents. So the weird spaces, they also wanted you to only utilize 2018 to 2019's tax returns in order to find out what you would be or could be qualified for. Um, and we'll get on that rant a little later. Um, I want to keep my focuses on what we initially said we were going to be talking about. So my next space is our PPP program, the Payroll Protection Program that was sponsored by our local banking institutions. So this was a space to help uh, employers stay paying their employees full-time, if not over part-time salaries to keep operations moving while um, the COVID-19 kept people in-house. Now, a lot of people, again, if you did not have employees, and again, what they did not state to you, they said employees. Some people have contractual employees and some people have W-2 employees. But what they did not specify is that your employees had to be W-2 employees only, which means that you pay into their tax liabilities as an employee, which includes unemployment taxations, IRS taxation, and your responsibility as an employer. So a lot of groups have 1099 acquired, especially this is huge in trucking industries. This is huge in a lot of healthcare industries. Um, so there's maybe a handful of people that, it, that are utilized as full-time employees. And so those guys were not a part of the PPP. It would only be those people who were employed by the employer that had 941s. And for those who don't know what 941s are, 941s are quarterly uh, reports that are due to IRS for your trust. So the way that you retrieve your W-2 is the money that is withheld from your checks, including what your employer is responsible for for having employees, are banked into a trust that is sent up to IRS on a quarterly basis on your behalf. So at the end of the year, when you acquire your W-2, uh, it has these um, deductions on there, and they uh, actually are regulated and ca uh, calculated back to what IRS has been reported uh, as uh, withholding taxes for you. Now, the PPP, again, was sponsored by our local bank. So we did not go through the SBA uh, links to fill out applications. We went through our trusting banks. A lot of the banks did not, this is why this program took so long and was underfunded so quickly. One thing in particular, the banks 
were in closed door meetings trying to figure out how to really mitigate these loans because you understand how a banking banking if you understand how a banking process is set up loans and distribution of loans are done through a process of an underwriting and elimination of um, degree of if loans will be paid back. So the banks decided to only offer the opportunities out to the people who uh, already had uh, bank tools and products first. Their first uh, mitigation was to make sure that they were um, unleashing PPP loans to their already um, uh, clients and already bank uh, banking holders. Our uh, second space is only a limited amount of banks were allowing independent uh, applications for non-bank holding uh, applicants. So after that is done, the qualifications for the PPP again was registered around the amount of employees against the first quarter losses for the uh, business being closed. So they looked at these average salaries of everyone that you had on a 40 hour work week and they divided that out over the next 90 days and acquiredly gave out loans to cover that payroll, um, that payroll obligation for that time. Now, they still in the beginning entryums opened this opportunity supposedly to independents, small businesses, and contractors as well. But in the fine print, did not detest that if you do not show a 941 or some type of tax liability space that you would not qualify. So what uh, started happening in some spaces that I saw and witnessed for myself was that um, independent advisors began to have conversations with small business owners and concerns to how their companies were structured prior to COVID-19. Being the fact that we had not started to produce the first quarter income reports, 941s guys, that were due to IRS by April 30th. So what people started suggesting for small owners to do was to transition their selves and their contractual staff over to W-2 employees. What this does, guys, is now you're telling IRS multiple to the years that you have had 1099 contractors that you have now in this year decided to move those contractors to independent W-2 employees. So with that transition now opens a whole nother can of worms uh, that I'm not sure, or I can almost guarantee that small business owners don't want to have cracked open. But for right now, what you've done is you have allowed an advisor to give you the playbook of open, of transitioning these guys to W-2s, creating a 941, creating more tax liabilities to your company and possibly opening up an investigation through IRS and the EOC, which would mandate that employees that were not paid as employees were called misclassified. So this could mean that they could go back 
as many years as these employees have been attached to your company and state the fact that unless their roles changed within your company in the first quarter, you had been misclassifying these guys beforehand. So that allows them to go back and put your business under scrutiny and find for misclassifications. So you also want to make sure if you are interested and if anyone is suggesting that you utilize that opportunity to retrieve the PPP loan, I'll tell you guys in the interim, it's not worth it. So that is somewhat of a of some of the lie that was told to us concerning the PPP and then some of the uncovered truths that exist for those who feel like they want to qualify and will do whatever's necessary to receive that funding. You also have to look at your business structure and figure out if that's worth the loan amount. Also, it does have a regularity that you have to show that you actually paid these people through the payroll department and paid into their tax basis. So guys, do not be as hasted. Someone tells you that you do not have to record everything through payroll. I would suggest that I know for a fact at least 90% of what you took that loan money for should have went to payroll and payroll's liabilities, sir. Guys and girls. Um, so that's kind of some in play that I'm giving about the PPP and unpacking some of those tales. Uh, one another space of involvement would be unemployment. So there was a uh, percentage of the bill that went towards each additional each state independently, allowing them the opportunity to fund their unemployment efforts for self-employed and independents. Now, here's another ration that you'll have to register if you want to bite into. Now, self-employment people, yes, this is a great way for you guys to find out because they are offering the economic damage weekly over the next 90 days to cover the time that you've been out. Since you do not have a business or company that you have aligned with, and you possibly do not and haven't had that in so many years, that means that there are no quarterly findings for you as an employee of a business. But because you are a self-employment person, there is an opportunity for you to get some funding weekly through the pandemic. So the unemployment space is a space, but I will test test that there are some very slow responses to getting the unemployment compensation or getting through to do your applications. And there is a tremendous process if you're not an employee and you're going in as an independent. So it's a separate application that they're doing for the independents. And then there's going to be several listed uh, possibilities of them asking for uh, tax liabilities and information because understand the Unemployment Commission is not privy to how much income you detest on your IRS reports because the only conversation they have with IRS is on a yearly basis, and those are companies that already have a UI number attached to their accounts. So, again, 
unemployment is an opportunity, but uh, please pay attention to the risk factors uh, with the unemployment space being a self-employed person. So you want to look at that, but definitely it is a go if you are an employed person who has had their salaries shortened due to COVID-19, even if you're still working. If you are working at minimum less than what your uh, requirement is on a daily, on a weekly basis, then yes, you have a right to file unemployment. Don't be bullied by your employer if they are telling you, yes, you're working, so that doesn't qualify you. That is not correct. If you are not making the same amount of money, controlling the same amount of hours, uh, if you're, if there's fluctuation in your pay, yes, you are eligible for filing for unemployment in the state that you work. So I want to make sure that I reiterate that to people who are working part-time instead of full-time, you have the right to file unemployment insurance against your current company concerns to them not being able to offer you your full-time hours and pay. So guys, again, I'm just looking into creative spaces to unpack certain things for us as individuals, because all of this affects our lifestyle, our businesses, and our finance. So un until next time, guys, we'll touch bases next week where we'll unpack the stimulus package, guys. The stimulus, the $1,200 checks that has been floating around for individuals, $2,400 for, uh, for married couples, and for every child under... 17 and understanding why if I've got a child under 17 and I still have an 18 year old in my house, why are college students that I claim, why did I not receive anything in regressions to they're still in my house and they're still eating my food. So again, we'll unpack that next Tuesday. Um, thank you so much for participating and joining me here on the live podcast. Um, next week as we unpack another live. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, see you then.